Let's open our copy of the word of the Lord this morning to the 67th Psalm. 67th Psalm. And, um, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, Never do when we do something like that. Sometimes, uh, like last year, it went on for about 45 minutes. uh, And this year, we had quite a few who participated as well. And and uh, we certainly want to give all the time we can to the promptings and leadings of the Spirit. But uh, we don't want to leave the house of the Lord on the main gathering of his people without hearing from the Lord, from his word. And so we're certainly going to do that. Uh, I've got kind of an adaptable uh, uh, sermon here. I can, I can go long or I can go short. But uh, Miss Myra expressed that uh, there's a sweet spot. And so I know no one's ever complained about me preaching long. And uh, no one's ever complained about me preaching too short. And so it seems like I find it every Sunday. So at least I, I hope that's the case. <laughs> I don't know why you think that's funny. But uh, anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, Psalm 67, let's a uh, very short psalm. Let's read this together from the board. Where the Lord says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, Salah, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the, all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth, Salah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. You know, the book of Psalms is, uh, is kind of a misnomer. It's not really a book. It's actually five books. And in those five books, there are a collection of hymnals, uh, hymns. So uh, each chapter is really a song in and of itself, and, um, and this is obviously no exception. The book of Psalms is, is really a lot of our favorite, a lot of our favorite song, our book in the Bible because every range of human emotion is expressed, every, every difficulty that you face in life, every Every way in which we experience life is, is experienced uh, in, this, in this precious hymn book of Israel. We find out in this book how we worship God. We find out how we pray to God. And it teaches so many ways to sing, and it teaches us so many ways to, to pray. And, and, and this particular psalm is actually teaching us how to meditate upon the word and how to reflect upon it. Because the first phrase of the psalm you may have recognized because it is directly related to Numbers chapter six and the Aaronic blessing that we find there, a blessing that we actually, before COVID, we used to to say it every week. And uh, since COVID, we haven't really done it as much because um, I I, I don't want it to be all me. I wanna give opportunity for others to participate in the service and a closing uh, benediction was one way to do that. 
But we used to always quote the, uh, the, the blessing. It's found in Numbers chapter six. And just to look at it real quick, just so that you are familiar with it. Numbers chapter six, it says, And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yahweh lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I always kind of translate for you when you see the word Lord in all caps. I always go ahead and say his name because I want you to see that this is a covenant blessing that is expressed in the covenant name of God. And when you hear it, you see it in your text. You can you can see the difference with all the, the all caps and such, but when you're hearing the word read, you can't tell the difference between Lord Yahweh and Lord Adonai, so that's one of the reasons why I do that. This is a, this is a covenant blessing that is given to God's covenant people, and as such, as new, God's New Testament people, this is a blessing that is given to us, and it, and it behooves us to, to think about it and meditate and reflect on it, and that's exactly what we see in Psalm 67. Psalm 67 is a reflection, a meditation on that blessing, and it is a way in which the psalmist is uh, telling us that these are the ways in which God is fulfilling that blessing in our nation. And I want you to see that the blessing that is given to us is given in such a way that Israel understands that their place in the world, their place in God's kingdom, their place in the creation that God has given is that he is blessing them, but he is blessing them in order that they may carry his blessing out into the rest of the world, that all the nations may know and fear Yahweh, the God of Israel. That is the reason why he chose them. That is the reason why, he, why they exist. And we're going to see that, that that is a theme that is found all the way through, all the way through the Bible, and it is reflected upon here in the psalm. And so there's two things we're gonna look at this morning just very quickly, that God blesses us to be a blessing God blesses us to be a blessing, and we see that throughout. We are, we are such uh, an abundantly blessed people in the United States. We, we have so many blessings that we can look at, so many, such an abundance of riches that we have uh, compared to the rest of the world, um, and there, there's a very odd contradiction in that. And that the more abundance that we amass, the more we find in dissatisfaction in those things, and the more we tend to kind of look for more. And I, and I don't, and I think that's especially seen in not the season of Thanksgiving, not the day of Thanksgiving, but the day after. And how many times do we see on Black Friday? Uh, we see people trampling and, and attacking and spray macing and, and all of these other things that are happening. I think it's calmed down in the last few years because of COVID, but uh, we used to see, I mean, people used to die at, at Black Friday, and I always found it such an irony of our culture is that on one day on Thursday, we, we stop and we give thanks for everything we have, and then the very next day, we trample for one another for all the things we don't. 
And so it's such a ironic blessing. And the Lord recognized that danger when he says in Deuteronomy chapter eight, that beware that when you come into the land of abundance, when you come into a land of plenty, that you begin to focus on the abundance and not on the one who has blessed you with all that abundance. Remember in your prosperity that you do not forget the Lord and you do not forsake his ways. And so that is the understanding that we have. And, and we see that, that in Psalm verse one, that God has given us grace. He has been gracious to us. He has blessed us and he has caused his face to shine upon us. He gives us all of his grace, the benefits that all he gives us, that all of the, all of the things, the good things of life, the bad things of life, everything we have is on the basis of his grace. None of these gifts are deserved. They are all freely given. Every gift is a perfect gift of his grace. Hear the word of God at 1 Corinthians 4, 7. He says, for who considers you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? Everything we have in life is given to us as a gift of God of his grace. And moreover, in Romans chapter four, verses four and five, now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but who believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Everything we have is given to us by the grace of God in order to build and activate our faith in him and our reliance and our loyalty to him. Nothing we receive from God is because we earn it. Every blessing that has been mentioned in every individual life that has been said today, one of the best lessons we can come away with is that none of, us is of, none of that is of our own doing, but it is all received of God. It is all given to us. James chapter one, verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every blessing is a result of his grace. And as if that's not enough, he not only gives us grace, but he gives us his blessings. He builds upon it. He, he gives us salvation. And if that was all he gave us, if all he simply said was, okay, I will save you from your sin, but no more, if that was all he said, he would be perfectly gracious in doing that. And yet he is so merciful and so abounding in grace that he does more and more and more and more. And I love Romans chapter eight, verse 32, that he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also graciously with him freely give us all things, everything that he gives? It, it just, he, he doesn't stop at salvation at the riches of his grace, but he goes on and he, and he pours on and he pours on us the riches of his blessings over and over and over again. He is such a good and generous father. 
He's such a good and generous God to where he made us joint heirs with his only begotten son, adopted us into his family, and we are now children of the king, a generous and loving king who loves us all as his own children. Everything he has promised us in Christ, he has given us Christ, and you can rest assured that if he has given us his only begotten son, he will give us everything else that he has promised us. We will stand before Christ. We will stand before God as Christ is because Christ stood before God as we are. He has substituted for us. And all of the things that he gives us pale in comparison to what the second stanza of that line says. May the God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. You know, we used to read that phrase every single Sunday. But have you ever stopped and thought about it? Have you ever stopped and thought about what it means? I remember uh, back when we first moved here, there was the old Mickey Mouse pool. Some of you don't know the Mickey Mouse pool. But the Mickey Mouse pool, in my opinion, was far better than the pool we have now. It was, it was simple. It was just a hole in the ground with water in it. And there was a, somebody at some point, I don't know why, but drew a really bad picture of Mickey Mouse on the bottom of the pool, and forever it was called the Mickey Mouse pool. Didn't even really look like him that much, just enough to know who he was. <laughs> and so... Um, but, but I mean, it had a low dive, a high dive, and, and that was basically our second home over the summer with our kids. I've got so many videos from the kids jumping off the diving boards and jumping off the sides and, and going down all the different, uh, well, the one slide, there wasn't a whole lot of different slides. There was one slide and they took that away about a year after we moved here. And, uh, just all, all of this stuff. And, and I remember we would spend there every day and on cloudy days, the kids would always argue with us and they would say, we don't need sunscreen because the sun's not out. And I would always try to explain to them, look, understand something. If you can see, the sun is out. <laughs> whether, whether you see the actual sun or not, if you can see around you, if there is light, there is a sun. <laughs> But we don't do a whole lot of sun tanning. We don't do, they didn't think we needed sunscreen. Why? Because they couldn't actually see the face of the sun. And when you want to sunbathe or you want to do something like that, it's not enough just to be able to see. You want to be able to see the sun. It's a nice sunny day. That's what, that's the kind of thing we say, right? Because it's not enough just to be able to see by the sun. We want to see the sun itself. Beloved, understand what this phrase is saying. He makes his face to shine upon us. It's not enough just to see the blessings of God. We want to see God. We want to see his face. We want to see his presence. We want to know who he is. And that is what he has done for us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that is what we will see one day. We don't know what it's gonna be like. We don't know what we will be, but we do know that we will be like him. Why? Because we will see him as he is. So beloved, don't, 
Don't be satisfied with the blessings, as great as they are, but strive to know the blesser. Don't just be satisfied with the gifts, strive to know the giver. Don't mistake worshiping the gifts with worshiping the giver. That is a deadly mistake. Worship the Lord in all of his goodness. And why does he do all of this? So that we will be a blessing, so that the world may know. You know, it's amazing, and I'm not gonna spend hardly any time here, but the word nations and peoples and all that that you see down through the psalm, peoples, nations, um, may your way, your saving power among all the nations, let the peoples praise you, let all the peoples praise you, the nations be glad, you judge the peoples, believe it or not, what the psalmist is doing in the Hebrew is that those are three different Hebrew words that are being used interchangeably. And what's happening is that he's emphasizing that all the peoples, regardless of how they define themselves, regardless of their relationships among the other nations, regardless of their tribal affiliations, regardless of their nationalities, regardless of where they come from, regardless of what socioeconomic status they have, regardless of all of those other things, God has blessed us in order that the world, that all the world may know that that he is God. That all the people, every tribe, every tongue, every nation will come before Christ and they will bow down and acknowledge him as Lord and King of the earth. That was the whole point of Abraham's calling in Genesis 12, three, that I will bless those who bless you and the one who dishonors you, I will curse so that in you, all the families will be blessed. Beloved, that is pointing to Christ, that those who bless Christ will be blessed, those who curse Christ will be cursed, but that in Christ, all the nations will be blessed through the seed of Abraham, who is Jesus Christ. That's the whole point that the entire world would be blessed. The whole world would know that salvation that Jesus has brung. God blesses us so that we will be a blessing. So that we will use the blessings we have as a means to bring Jesus to the world. That all of the goodness that comes in our life, we would use it all as a means to bring Jesus to someone who doesn't know him. To someone that doesn't fear him. To someone who doesn't worship him. I love this quote from John Piper, and I'll, I'll end with this. I can't say it any, I usually don't like to quote guys, but sometimes they just say it so profoundly that you can't do any better. So here it is. Dr. Piper says, missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. Worship, missions exist because worship doesn't. And the end of all missions is the worship of God. Because God is ultimate, not us. So my beloved, my beloved, this morning, 
I ask you the question, can we be sure that we are loving the giver and not the gifts? You know, you really don't appreciate the gifts until you really love the giver. I have uh, little knickknacks in my office that my kids have made me through the years and little pictures that they've drawn. I've got a little 3D printed of a Star Trek emblem. My daughter made it for me because her and I were watching Star Trek there for a little while and I got this weird little turkey looking thing. I don't even know what it is. Um, that uh, one of them made me in a clay class. I've got all these little knickknacks. I've never thrown them away. People look at them and they say, what in the world is that? I say, that's a gift from my kids. I, I can't sell them on eBay. I mean, wouldn't make any money, but they're priceless to me because my children are priceless to me. You don't really love the gifts until you love the giver. And beloved, if you really want to love and experience the blessings, you need to know the one who brings them. You need to know Jesus Christ. You can't love your family the way you should. You can't love life the way you should. You can't do any of that until you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that is when the world comes into proper order. That is when the world comes into its proper sequence. So the first question I'm leaving you with is that do you love the giver and not the gifts? The second question I would ask you is that the gifts that you have in life, what are you using them for? Are you using them for your own comfort and convenience or are you using them for the mission of God? Beloved, God did not promise to make Abraham great so that he would be great. God promised that Abraham that he would make him great in order that Abraham would make God great. And God has not blessed us so that we would be great, but God has blessed us in order that we would make him great. We do that by worshiping him. We do that by sharing him in a world that so desperately needs him today. Our Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for these that are here. I thank you for all the testimonies we've heard today. And Lord, I pray that we would worship you. It's so easy to fall into the trap of worshiping the gifts and focusing on the gifts. But Lord, in our land of abundance, may we not forget you. We are an abundant people. You have given us such abundance in this life. And Father, I pray that you would continue to do so, but only if we will learn the lessons of that abundance that we would praise you. And Lord, if the abundance has gotten in the way of our worship, Lord, may you take it all away. May you make us poor and wanting May you do whatever it takes so that we will know that you are great and worthy of worship. Lord, worship is not a means to an end. It is its own end because you are worthy. So Father, we ask you this morning, if there's one here who doesn't know you as Savior that cannot live out these truths, Lord, may you enable them to do so by the gift of salvation the gift of your spirits and dwelling. 
Maybe they don't know the story of Christ. Maybe they don't, they don't know what you have done to redeem them. Father, may they come forward and ask questions. But bring us all back to a true and honest worship of you. Let's stand together. I'm just gonna ask you to reflect on those two questions this morning. If Whether you are truly worshiping the giver or are you distracted by the gifts? And number two, are you using the blessings of God in order to serve his kingdom, in order to bring that blessing to someone else. We are, we are blessed to be a blessing. <clears throat> I pray that is how we are living today. I'm just gonna ask our musicians to play and as you reflect on them. If you're here this morning and you have any questions, if you feel like you need to talk about salvation in Christ, maybe you want to join the church, Maybe you received the word years ago, but you've never confessed Christ in baptism. Maybe you need to do any one of those things now. You will be received. You will be loved.